This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. A king among us. It might be different from the way that you've heard me speak before. Um, God dropped this message into my heart. It's been developed over 28 years. And suddenly I found God saying to me, Son, this is the time to bring this to the body of Jesus. And I felt released to do that. I want us to pray And I want us to ask God that this weekend will not be so much a time when we come into church, but over the whole of the weekend, we would encounter God. Not only in the house here, but in your heart, in your home, while you're sleeping, that God in his power would rest upon you. And together we would glean everything that God has scheduled for this weekend. Amen? So I hope you'll come with me. I hope you'll be able to be with us tomorrow and tomorrow night. And this is the foundational message for where we are going over these two days together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you because your word is absolute. Lord, in the world we live in where everything is being shaken, nothing is definite. Religion has no definites. Only Jesus has absolutes. And so we come to your word. It is revelation. It is the bread of life. As we bring our full attention upon you, Lord Jesus, not upon a man, not upon a, a team of people, not upon a pastor or a leader, but as we bring our full attention upon you, our Savior and Lord, by your Holy Ghost, come and minister in our inner being. Let everything that is not of God be dealt with, and everything that is purely of you arise within our hearts. And Lord, before we walk through these hours that we will spend together in your presence, we, above all, come to you in humility. Ask for your mercy, for your grace, and for your cleansing, O God. Would you renew us in this time Set us on fire. Would you shape our character and our nature, our ways, our lifestyle, our character, our reactions and responses, and may we be a true reflection of Christ in the name of Jesus. Amen Amen. and amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I think we've got some... Oh, we're on. Praise God. Uh, I thought we were having some techie problems, but a king among us. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 25, that he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. 2 Timothy 2, verses 11 and 12, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure we will also reign with him. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're destined to reign. 
Hosea 8 verse 4, and this is a pivotable verse, a key verse for this series of messages I'm preaching. Hosea verse 8 4 says, They have set up kings, but not by me, without my consent. They have made princes without my approval. Where does one begin to tell the story of a king? A king like no other. Not a king destined to rule from a temporary throne, an earthly throne, but a heavenly throne. A king who would reign over both the visible realm and the invisible realm, the natural and the spiritual. A king who would by his spirit reign and rule in the hearts of men and women. How can we tell such a story? I invite you to come on a journey with me, a journey of discovery. We will need revelation. We will need understanding beyond natural perception. We will gaze into the throne room. Our starting place is not even in this realm. We commence in the realm of the spirit. We are in the throne room. So much is veiled to the natural eye. So much unseen in the realm of the spirit. And the Bible explains that. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then shall we see face to face. Now we know in part, then I shall know fully even as I am fully known. But we can allow the Holy Spirit to give us glimpses of the glory of God as we learn from the Word. We can view ages past as we study the Word of God and allow the illumination of the Spirit to come. This series is best presented like a dramatization. And as the drama unfolds, we will come face to face with the flesh within us. We'll come face to face with the natural. We'll become conscious of how God deals with the flesh and the natural man. We'll see a shadow of ourselves as we look at a man of destiny from the scriptures. Before we draw back the first curtain and observe the first scene, 
I want to remind you of several facts that God has put in place for our protection. These are to protect us from spiritual deception and being led into error. It allows us, enables us to discern between that which is truly of the Spirit and of God and that which is a spurious experience of the Spirit, a different Spirit. And these major protections are, firstly, I hold one in my hand. <laughs> Secondly, the fact that Almighty God chose to write his dealings with humanity in human history. When we look at how God worked in the lives of ordinary men and women through thousands of years, we understand that God was revealing himself in real lives historically accurate and this makes the book that I hold in my hand totally different from any other book that claims to be spiritual Amen. the fact that God chose men and women down through thousands of years to reveal his heart and himself made sure that we are safe because we know these facts are real. Hallelujah. They are scientifically, archaeologically, and revelationary absolutely accurate. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, say, the word of God is absolutely accurate. Hallelujah. Amen. We need never move to the left or the right, not just because we feel touched by the power of God at times, but because we know that what God has said and what God has revealed is absolutely true. Hallelujah. So I have not believed a myth. I have not believed a lie. I have not believed a made-up story. I've not believed just a made-up story that somebody had and scribed down on a tablet thousands of years ago. I have believed something that God has really, really done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the revelation and understanding of that is so, so important. Let's begin. In the throne room, there is communication taking place between the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are hearing something from the heart of man at a particular point in history, and what they hear is this. Our chosen people, my chosen people, are asking for a king. 
They are asking for a king so that they can be like every other nation. So that when they go to battle, they have a human king who can lead them. It must have been a persistent cry. Because God always had the intention of bringing a king. He would have been no ordinary king. He would have been the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He would reign and rule in heaven and on earth and in the hearts of all. That's the plan of God. But 3,000 years before Jesus was scheduled to come, the Godhead, hearing a sound, my people are asking for a human king. Wow. The curtain has opened. And you see scene one. Scene one is called a boy who would be king. A boy who would be king. As you observe the stage, you see a pathway that leads you up to a rocky plateau. And up on the top, there is green grass. You see a boy laid over the entrance of a sheep pen for the sake of protecting his sheep. As you look closer, you realize he's the youngest boy in a family you know, a shepherd boy. He spends time alone with God, day and night. This young shepherd boy is in God's school of life. He's been trained for a role that he never, ever imagined he could ever rise to. How could God pluck a young shepherd boy and from obscurity and position him on the throne? but not just any throne. The very throne that would shadow the eternal throne room of God. The shadow of the throne room where God would come and abide and dwell. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about the throne room of your heart. As we watch what happens with the shepherd boy, we realize there are many lessons he has to learn en route before he can ascend to the throne. The first one is learning to praise in the wilderness. Learning to praise in the wilderness. When this young man wasn't playing his instrument and allowing his voice to echo from the valley and up the mountain, he would practice 
with a sling. He would set up a pile of stones many yards away. He would have been down to a brook, a river. He had selected a stone, a rock, that had been washed and made smooth by the stirring of the water. He took the rock from the brook. He placed it in the sling. And taking his position, he stood with feet firmly fixed. He pulled back the sling. And with a single shot from a chosen rock, the sound of the sling went like this. I've been practicing that all day. <laughs> Every rock that had been raised up was brought down. L listen carefully because there is more going on in my language than you might initially perceive. Every rock. Rejection. Brought low from a single rock. David, the shepherd boy, didn't realize that actually, even in learning how to shoot with the rock, God was preparing him so when he came to the throne, he would know how to deal with every enemy with a single shot of the rock. Amen. He would be prepared to fight and win battles for the rest of his life. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, so how's your battle doing? lifts again and this time the scene is dark there are just enough of God's night lights to allow the shepherd boy to watch over the flocks by night in the corner of his eye he sees a shadow move he looks closer, and there he sees a beast. When he looks across to the other side, he can see an isolated lamb. A lamb has strayed away from the fold. And David looks at the lamb, and then looks at the beast. Suddenly, beast and shepherd are tearing towards the isolated lamb. David doesn't have to run the whole length, but in the beast, 
There is determination to kill and destroy. In the shepherd, there is determination to bring life and protect life. Life to the full. David stands and takes his position. He would move to the left or to the right. He stands firm. He lifts his eyes up to the great shepherd of the sheep. He knows the great shepherd of the sheep is his protector, his guide, his savior, his deliverer. And without wavering in his faith, he lifts up his eyes to heaven as he takes out his sling and he takes a rock. He puts the rock in the sling. He draws back the sling. He says, help me, Jesus. Help me, God Almighty, to protect the sheep. Suddenly, there is a sound. (laughs) How does it go? (laughs) Everybody... (laughs) How does it go? (laughs) Practice. (laughs) A single rock comes flying at great speed and defeats a beast. A beast. How amazing. David comes to the little lamb, the lost sheep. He picks up the lost, isolated sheep that by its own decision had chosen to leave the fold. Because the grass always looks greener on the other side. But when you get there, you didn't realize by chasing different type of fresh grass, you would isolate yourself from the flock. But David's a shepherd with a shepherd's heart. And he picks up the lamb. He puts it over his shoulder and takes the lamb back to the fold. If you came to my office, and my door is always open, if you came to my office in London, on my office wall, right next to all the pictures of my wife, my children, and my grandchildren, you'll find a picture it's called the Mardale Shepherd I was on holiday with Miriam on a romantic break (laughs) guys never let romance die 
I'm leaving that one for a little while just to sort of <laughs> drop in there. And some of the wives are going, <laughs> did you hear him, brother? <laughs> and we were in this beautiful hotel and in the restaurant on the wall, there was a picture called the Mardale Shepherd. Mardale is in the Yorkshire Dales, the promised land. <laughs> And it's a picture of a weathered old man. He was a real shepherd. And over his shoulders is the picture of this lamb. The man is smiling. The lamb is at peace. It's not wrestling to get free. So many sheep are wrestling to get free from the control and the love and the care of the shepherd. And here we have David. It takes the shepherd. It takes the shepherd to come to take a lamb home to the fold. Every person that comes in my office talks about that picture. I had to get permission to hang it. I found out where it came from. It came from a museum in the Lake District. I went. And I said, I want this picture. And they said, you're not allowed to have that picture. I said, I've come for the picture. <laughs> she said, you are not legally allowed to have this picture. I said, I will explain what I want. <laughs> I would like you to camera the picture up for me so it is as big as it can be. I want you to frame it for me. I will pay you. And I want you to give me permission in written form to hang it in my office because I am a pastor who just happens to love sheep. <laughs> she looked at me. She said, I don't know why, but I'm going to do exactly as you say. <laughs> and so it hangs in my office. I actually hang it there not just so people can see it, but to remind me that God has called me to be a shepherd of his sheep. And for some reason, I'm just coming away from my notes right now, and I just feel in my spirit that maybe God is saying to someone, you never, have a, you never had a shepherd when you needed a shepherd. You never had someone who could come to you and say, that's not the best way. That will lead you into isolation. That path there will lead you into destruction. That path there will lead you into personal loss. But if you come this way and stay with the flock, God will protect you. He will keep you and he will establish you and he will make sure that you get the best green grass. Hallelujah. God's grass is always the best green grass. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And then learning to lay life down for the protection of the sheep. When he wasn't playing his instrument and opening up his vocal cords, God was training him. The experience was invaluable and would prove necessary.
later on, David reflected on what happened on that day. And he realized it was just because there is a personal shepherd over his life. He lifted his guitar up and he began to sing. The words were Holy Ghost inspired and the tune was fantastic. You've got the words in this book and we've even put a tune to it. It's sung very often at the farewell and funeral services. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. It'd be wonderful, Paul, if you could bring those words up so that we can read it together. And it's all going all over the place, and we're coming all the way back through, and technology is fantastic. <laughs> Man, that was quick, Paul. I don't think we can read it that fast. So I'll remind you, the Lord is my shepherd. What an incredible experience for David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Are you ready? He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow Follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah! Amen. Isn't that wonderful? The words were born out of the very experience that David had with the Almighty. The curtains close. The house lights come up, and there's an intermission. But there's no ice creams. <laughs> Instead, wouldn't it be wonderful before we take to the second scene that we ask God to come and we thank him for being our shepherd. Yeah, Would you bow your head with me? How long has it been since you thank God for being your shepherd? Hallelujah. This is real, friend. My Jesus, my Savior, Master, we thank you for being the shepherd of our lives. Without you, we are lost sheep, but we have been found by you, and you have carried us to your heart and to the heart of the Father. And Lord Jesus, we thank you. We acknowledge tonight that it is the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But you have come that we might have life to the full. Forgive us when we've been distracted and we've ran after maybe prosperity and we've ran after things that would satisfy the flesh and let, we've allowed ourselves to be isolated by the things of the world. But Lord, we return to you and ask that you will take us to the fold. Take us into the fold, O oh God. 
and guide us, keep us, and protect us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Scene two. Can you handle one more? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Amen. Remember, I am simply setting the scene for where we're going tomorrow. Turn to your neighbor and say, tomorrow will hurt. <laughs> Has that encouraged you to come? <laughs> yeah. What is the point? What is the point of us listening to messages that just tickle our ears? We are warned of those days. We are warned in the scriptures that before the coming of the Lord, men and women will seek teachers who only say what they want to hear. But the Spirit of God in these days is saying so much. And unless we attune our ears and hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, we will be in the danger of isolation. And I'm telling you, in these days, as I walk in a new anointing on my life, I'm telling you, I have never seen salvation in these days like I'm seeing right now. I was talking with Paul as we were coming over. We had a long time to talk. We were stood on the tarmac for two hours. And I explained that right now in the church I pastor, 17 new people are coming through the doors every week. 120 people are in the discipleship program. And I'm standing there saying, Lord, what do I do with this? How amazing. And I think days are going to come when men and women will once again run Hallelujah. after God. Yes. Hallelujah. Run. You see, we have a searching generation who don't know where to look. But thanks be to God, we are believing that the days of the greatest revival and spiritual awakening will come. I've lost my glasses. They're here. God doesn't anoint pieces of wood. He anoints you because you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Just turn to your neighbor again and remind them, saying, God is in you. Amen. Mr. Soundman, turn me down. Scene two. The boy anointed to be king. Uh, I've got a scripture text here. I, I want to hold it back, Paul. We'll, we'll read it a little bit later. I, I don't know whether you were aware of this, but Samuel the prophet, he's in what we call a time of spiritual mourning. The reason why Samuel prophet, the prophet is in a time of spiritual mourning is because he realizes a king has to come. And he realizes that Saul, the man who has been king, has failed. And he has heard from God, and a new king has to come to the throne. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, a new king has to come to the throne. 
a new king has to come to the throne. Can you remember much about history? In Israel's history, there are seasons of time that are referred to, say like this, as in the days of or the times of. When you've read your scriptures, you've read that. For example, as in the days of Noah, as the days of Joshua, as in the times of the prophets, as in the times of the judges. The position we are in, in terms of history, is the judges period is coming to an end. And the reason why it came to an end was because Samuel's sons, who'd been appointed as judges, had not done what was right in the sight of the Lord. And therefore, the people of God began to grumble. They began to moan, saying, we need a king. And that's where this story fits right in. And so Samuel is sent to the house of Jesse. Amazing story. The people demanded an earthly king. When God appointed Saul, and then his rule came to an end, and then he appointed David, we, by looking at these two kings, learn the difference between the flesh and the spirit. We learn the difference between self-appointment and self-power and soul power and determination to do it your own way. And by the way, you will fail. We learn the difference between a king like that and a king who would be after God's own heart. Even though David would fail. He would have a right spirit. And we can read more of his words. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. The curtain has lifted. And we pick up the story in 1 Samuel 16. Let me read what happened when the prophet came to Jesse's home. And when we read the story, initially we have what I've called the parade of the flesh. Listen. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Since I have rejected him as king over Israel. Fill your home with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? Saul will hear about it and kill me. You see, Saul's not dead. Mm. David is anointed to be king, but Saul is not dead. The story is amazing. 
The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice. I will show you what I want you to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. And Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? I tell you, when some men have got around, you need to tremble. <laughs> Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before me. Basically, Eliab was built like a barn end. Muscles everywhere. Just look at me and... <laughs> he was built a bodybuilder a real rugged man the prophet looked at him and thought that's got to be him this has got to be the Lord's anointed when they arrived Samuel saw Eliab and thought surely this is the Lord anointed standing but the Lord said to Samuel do not consider his appearance or his height for I've rejected him the Lord does not look at the things of man that man looks at man looks at the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart amen, amen. hallelujah turn to your neighbor and tell him the Lord's looking at your heart then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by. But Samuel said, no, has the Lord chosen this one? Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these the only sons you have? Oh, well, there's still the youngest son. Did you know that David was given the lowest job in the family? He was actually out living with the sheep. God put him in charge of sheep to train him to come to the throne. Hallelujah. 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 What a great, great vision. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent and had him brought in. He's a ruddy with a fine appearance and handsome features. I'm not surprised he was ruddy. He lived outside, <laughs> red-faced. And then the Lord said, arise, anoint him. He's the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. Samuel then went to Ramah. The parade of the flesh. Don't you think sometimes we see that often? And God says, I look at the heart. I see your heart. That anointing is what we call the private anointing. 
a public anointing couldn't take place yet. There were too many lessons still to learn. Tomorrow, we'll walk a bit further. And as the curtain closes today, I think it would be right that we stand before the Lord, acknowledge him as the anointed one. Hallelujah. And acknowledge he sees my heart and he sees your heart. It's pointless thinking we can keep secrets from the Almighty. Whether we realize it, our life is an open book before him. How awesome it is to be able to come into the presence of the Almighty and say, Lord, you know my heart. See if there be some wicked way in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My journey has been a long one. It's not over. Paul and I were laughing on the way because I'm about to catch him up. This year in September, I will be 60. I have got more energy now than I had when I was 18. <laughs> when I come into the presence of God, I'm more conscious of what I don't know than what I think I do know. And the arrogance of the human heart is such that if we allow it, it will make us think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Sometimes we think we are so good. I stand here today with openness before you and say, without Jesus, there's no good in me. Only he was good enough to pay the price for sin. Only he could unlock the door of heaven and let me in. But thanks be to God, there was a day in my life when it happened. Glory, and I've walked with Jesus ever since. I've learned to sing when I'm in the valley and I'm in the wilderness. And I've learned to sing when I'm on a mountain. I've learned to sing when I'm facing a bear or a beast. And I've learned the truth that Jesus, a single rock, the stone the builders rejected, has defeated every enemy I will ever face. All I need to do is look up, 
put the rock in the right place and let him be released through my mouth, which is the sling of the spirit. Hallelujah. It will deal with every enemy and put to flight every lion and every bear. Thanks be to God, because tomorrow, my, I'm not going to sleep tonight. I can't wait to show you these things tomorrow. Hallelujah. I want you to pray. I want you to keep close to Jesus tonight. I want you to allow the Spirit of God to rest on you and move on you and stir you like you never have. I want to ask you to increase and exercise your faith so that when you come in the house of the Lord tomorrow and I preach on the difference between the Saul reign and the David reign, you will understand. This is your life. You see, when you look at Saul, you will see you. You will be looking back at yourself. And when you look at David, you will also see who we can be. And by the enabling of the Spirit, it can come. Hallelujah. It can come. A life and a reign had to end for the anointed one to come and rule in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information, www.mpc.org.uk.